the stories of mahabharata retold by sudipta bhaumik welcome dear friends to another episode of the stories of mahabharata in the last episode we heard how the pandavas were defeated again by shakuni in the second game of dice as losers the pandavas had to go into exile for 12 years followed by 1 year in hiding The Pandavas left the city of Hastinapur and prepared to travel north. But they were stopped by thousands of citizens of Hastinapur. Where are you going? Leaving us with these evil Kaurava princes? They asked. You are the most pious and righteous rulers one could wish for. Take us along. We want to leave Hastinapur and come with you. Yudhishthira was overwhelmed with emotion. with a heavy voice he said we are honored and blessed to receive so much love and affection from you we are grateful for the compassion you showered on us but please listen to me our dearest relatives our grandfather bhishma king dhritarashtra uncle vidura and our mother kunti are all grief stricken they need your support more than we do please Please do us a favor. Go back to Hastinapur and look after them. We entrust their welfare to you. The crowd realized that the Pandavas would never go back on their word. They bade farewell to them and went back to Hastinapur with a heavy heart. The Pandavas mounted their chariot and moved away from the city. By dusk, they arrived at the bank of the river ganges as they dismounted from their chariot they saw a group of brahmins arrived they were following the pandavas they lit a huge fire and sat around it chanting hymns from the vedas and prayed for the welfare of the pandavas the next morning when yudhishthira woke up he saw the brahmins still sitting there he could see that they have come to stay and accompany them to the forest yudhishthira walked up to them and said o brahmins we have lost everything and we are about to begin our 12 years of exile in the forest it will be 12 long years of severe hardship the forests are dangerous and it is no place for brahmins like you please go back to the city shaunak the leader of the brahmins said O king Yudhishthira you don't have to worry about us we will take care of ourselves but please don't send us back we want to be with you wherever you go we will worship the gods chant hymns and pray for you Yudhishthira knew these brahmins have made up their minds and they are not going to listen to him he walked back to his brothers and priest Thaumya and said these brahmins won't leave us I feel bad that 
I wouldn't be able to feed them, take care of them. But I cannot abandon them either. Dhaumya, tell me, what should I do? Dhaumya ran his fingers through his long white beard and thought for a while. Then he said, Sun is the source of nourishment for all living beings. I suggest you worship the sun god and ask for his help. With Dhaumya's help, Yudhishthira sat down to worship the sun god. Pleased with Yudhishthira's prayers, the sun god appeared before him. He handed a copper pot to Yudhishthira and said, Take this pot. For the next 12 years, this pot will provide you with an endless supply of food. Whatever Draupadi cooks in this pot will not finish until she takes her meal. Saying so, the sun god disappeared. Yudhishthira gave the pot to Draupadi. Draupadi took the pot to the makeshift kitchen and cooked a meal for the Brahmins. The amount of food in the pot didn't look like it would serve even one person. But as they served from the pot, it kept on refilling. The Brahmins ate to their heart's content and the pot was still full. Next, the Pandava brothers had their meal, followed by Yudhishthira and then Draupadi. But after Draupadi's meal, the pot became empty. In the meantime, in Hastinapur, Dhritarashtra was suffering from severe guilt and remorse. He knew what he had done to the Pandavas was not right. He knew his son Duryodhana's actions would bring misfortune and misery to the Kuru dynasty. He paced up and down his royal chamber but couldn't make up his mind as to which side he should take. He called his attendant and said, Go, go and get Vidura. Tell him I want to see him now. The moment Dhritarashtra heard Vidura's footsteps entering the room, he said, Vidura, I need your help. You have a clear mind and you know the subtle points of ethics and law. And, and I know you wish well for all the Kuru descendants. So please, tell me, what can we do that would benefit both the Kauravas and the Pandavas? Vidura knew that advising Dhritarashtra was futile. But as his minister, it was his duty to provide him with due counsel whenever asked for. He walked up to Dhritarashtra and said, It is a king's duty to ensure that all his subjects are treated with fairness and dignity. But your brother-in-law Shakuni, along with your sons, have crossed all boundaries of fairness and decency. They have robbed Yudhishthira of his kingdom in an unfair and rigged game of dice. I recommend you punish Shakuni and return the Pandavas their kingdom just as you did during the first game. If you do so, you might be able to save your kingdom and your family. If Duryodhana agrees to share the kingdom with the Pandavas and live in peace, you would have nothing to worry about. If he doesn't, then punish Duryodhana and make Yudhishthira the king. Let Duryodhana, Shakuni and Karna pledge their allegiance to Yudhishthira. Make Dusashna apologize in public to Bhima and Draupadi. Only then, only then the Pandavas might consider sparing your sons. That's all I can say. But as Vidura spoke, Dhritarashtra's face turned red with anger. 
This was not what he wanted to hear from Vidura. He wanted to hear words of sympathy and support for his actions. He clenched his fingers on his throne and said, Vidura, you are repeating what you said during the game. Your advice would benefit the Pandavas and not us. You expect me to abandon my sons for the sake of the Pandavas? How can I do that? Why don't you understand Duryodhana is my flesh and blood? He stopped to catch his breath. And then, with a stern voice, he said, Vidura, I respect you, but I find your words mean and biased. I am sick and tired of your ill advice. You may leave or stay or, or do whatever you wish. I don't care for you anymore. Saying so, Dhritarashtra stood up and left the room fuming in anger. Vidura stood there and watched the blind king stagger towards the door. He felt pity for the old man, but there was nothing he could do to help. When Dhritarashtra left, he walked out of the room and called his charioteer. Bring my chariot. I want to go to the forest and join the Pandavas in exile. The Pandavas had moved west to the Kamnyaka forest near the banks of the river Saraswati. The gentle sound of the flowing river, the murmur of the leaves, the chirping and singing of the birds acted like a soothing balm to their restless souls. They felt this would be the right place where they could spend some time to heal their wounds. They decided to build their huts and live in this forest along with the Brahmins, ascetics and hermits. They spent their days listening to the chants and hymns by the Brahmins and the priests, collecting fruits and vegetables and on occasions go hunting for meat. Yudhishthira felt this life of peace and tranquility was much better than the busy life in the palace. One day, sitting by the banks of the river, Yudhishthira was discussing the scriptures with his brothers when he saw a chariot coming their way. It was Vidura. Yudhishthira stood up and asked Bhima, Why is Uncle Vidura here? Did Duryodhana send him to invite us for yet another game of dice? Does Shakuni want to win our weapons too? Bhima didn't reply. Yudhishthira walked up to the chariot and greeted Vidura by touching his feet. He then asked, Uncle Vidura, what brings you to this forest? Vidura sat down on a fallen tree trunk and said, King Dhritarashtra asked for my advice, but unfortunately my words didn't please him. So the angry king banished me. The Pandavas were stunned to hear this. What has taken over old Dhritarashtra? How could he let go of his most trusted and the wisest minister? Vidura smiled and said, Don't worry about me. Dhritarashtra may abandon me, but, but I have you. I will share whatever I know with you. I know you don't need any preaching, but still... Let me say this. One who waits for his time always wins. 
one who shares his wealth with his followers also enjoy their support during times of distress never speak any unnecessary words and never let your ego rule over you follow these principles and you will prosper for sure in hastinapur dhritarashtra couldn't bear the absence of vidura he cursed himself for saying those harsh words his conscience kept on tormenting him he couldn't take it anymore he called his trusted charioteer sanjaya and said bring back bring back vidura from wherever you can vidura is my dearest brother and my most trusted adviser i cannot live without him find him and tell him if he doesn't come back i will kill myself sanjaya sent out his spies and soon found vidura's whereabouts he rushed to the kamyaka forest and pleaded to vidura i have come to take you back to hastinapur our great king dhritarashtra misses you and has fallen ill please come back come back to the palace and save our king vidura looked at the pandavas and said it seems i have to go back to hastinapur my brother needs me the moment dhritarashtra heard the sound of vidura's familiar footsteps he rose from his bed with stretched arms he came to vidura and wrapped him in a warm hug i am so glad you came back he said i have been foolish i was rude with you i was afraid you would never come back after what i said to you please pardon me for my behavior vidura held his hand and said you are my elder brother my guru how can i abandon you i treat your sons and pandu's sons with equal affection i spoke in favor of the pandavas only because they are in distress but vidura's return to hastinapur was a cause for great concern to duryodhana when dhritarashtra had banished vidura duryodhana felt that for once his father has done something right but why did he have to call him back what's going on in his mind will he again return everything to the pandavas and ruin all his hopes and ambitions he called shakuni karna and dushashana to his room for an urgent meeting when they arrived duryodhana went up and closed the door behind them he turned to shakuni and said uncle let me tell you one thing if i see the pandavas return to hastinapur i will either drink poison or step into a fire or hang myself to death don't talk like a fool shakuni scolded duryodhana as he sat down in a plush chair and poured himself a drink the pandavas have promised to go into exile for 12 years they live by their word nothing can make them break their promise not even your father's request karna held duryodhana's hand and said why do you worry my friend even if they come back will once again challenge them to a game of dice and uncle shakuni will defeat them again but duryodhana was not happy breathing heavily he turned away from karna and sat down in a corner karna felt sorry for his dear friend 
he pulled out his sword and said, Friends, for Duryodhana's sake, we have been sitting idle for so long. In King Dhritarashtra's kingdom, we don't even have the freedom to do what we want. Like slaves, we have kept our mouths shut and our hands folded. This cannot go on any longer. Let's pick up our weapons. Let's go to the forest and kill the Pandavas. Let's get rid of this problem once and for all. The Sashan applauded Karna's call to action. He said, you are right. Let's not wait for any permission from anybody. Shakuni finished his drink and stood up. He looked at Karna and said, Go ahead, I'll follow you. But make sure nobody gets to know of this plan. For if this news reaches the Kuru elders, your dreams will be shattered earlier than you expect. But the news didn't stay a secret. Rishi Vyasa, with his divine powers, came to know the details of the plan. And with his superpowers, he arrived in front of Dhritarashtra in his bedroom. The angry Rishi looked at Dhritarashtra and said, Your sons have tricked the Pandavas in the game and sent them into exile. And now they are planning to attack and kill them in the forest. Stop them! Else you can be assured of their death. Dhritarashtra was scared. His mouth dried up. With folded palms, he said, Oh, great Rishi, believe me, believe me, I was not in favor of this game of dice. Neither were Gandhari, Bhishma, Drona or Vidura. Some divine powers forced it to happen and I couldn't stop it. Dhritarashtra sat down at Vyasa's feet and said, I'm sorry, my blind love for Duryodhana has prevented me from abandoning him. If you care for me, I request you, please, talk to Duryodhana and give him some good advice. Maybe he'd listen to you. Vyasa said, No, I won't talk to Duryodhana, but Rishi Maitreya will. After meeting the Pandavas, he will come to Hastinapur. He'd say whatever is necessary to Duryodhana. Saying so, Vyasa disappeared. Soon Maitreya arrived in Hastinapur. He met Dhritarashtra and said, I heard everything from the Pandavas. O king, you should be ashamed of yourself. After what happened in your assembly hall, you won't be able to show your face to the Brahmins and the ascetics. With Bhishma and you present, how could this happen? Dhritarashtra sat quiet with his head down. Maitreya called the attendant at the door and said, Take me to your Prince Duryodhana. Duryodhana was loading up his chariot with weapons when Rishi Maitreya arrived. In a gentle voice, Maitreya said, Duryodhana, you are strong and powerful. Still, I advise you, don't fight the Pandavas. Not only they are the most skilled warriors in the world, they are also united in their purpose. They are the most powerful men alive. They have killed vicious Rakshasas and demons like Hidimba and Bakasura. Just a few days ago, in the Kamyaka forest, Bhima killed the ferocious demon Kirmir with a single blow of a tree trunk. 
before the Rajasuya ceremony. He killed the undefeatable king Jarasandha Magadha. Besides, Vasudeva Krishna is their cousin. Drupad, their father-in-law. Drishtadumnya, their brother-in-law. How could you dare to fight them? Listen to me, Duryodhana. Control your anger and try to make peace with your cousins. Duryodhana didn't bother to answer the Rishi. With a wry smile on his face, he slapped his thigh and drew lines in the ground with his index finger. Duryodhana's arrogance enraged Maitreya. With bloodshot eyes, he touched his sacred thread and cursed Duryodhana. How dare you ignore me? You will pay for your arrogance, you mindless brute. In the great war, Bhima will break that thigh of yours with a violent blow of his mace and he will die the most horrible death. Sritarashtra panicked. He fell on Rishi Maitra's feet and begged for his mercy. The Rishi had pity on the blind father and said, O king, I cannot take back my curse. But this much I can promise you. If your son Duryodhana behaves, then my curse won't come true. Else I can assure you, a grim and bloody future awaits him. The Stories of Mahabharata is written, directed and told by Shudipta Bonik. Audio engineering, original music and sound design by Avi Ziv. Find us online at facebook.com slash Mahabharata podcast. Join the group for updates and news. Subscribe to the podcast using iTunes or any other podcast catcher. On Twitter, we are at Mahabharat Audio. The podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons non-commercial license.